You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. <laughs> it's Halloween Movie Month here on 80s Revisited. <laughs> and now your hosts, Otto and Trey Harris. Fuck the prime time, bitch! I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. You want a silver bullet, eh? Nicest piece of work I ever done, I think. Ought to be pretty accurate. Oh, Tech, you're gonna shoot a 44 bullet at anyway. Made out of silver. How about a werewolf? Ooh! This is so scary. Welcome back to Halloween Horror Month. It is I, your host, Trey Harris. Autumn is not here because <laughs> she had an accident. <laughs> no, not really. She just it's doesn't feel good tonight. An unfortunate illness has struck in my wife, stricken my wife to where she can't speak. See, this proves I think that we don't record all these at one point. In time. Exactly. We record these the day before you hear them. Whenever that is. Now, my, unfortunately, Autumn isn't feeling well. She fell down some stairs onto the back of my hand, and she, her mouth is swollen shut. Nah, just kidding. She's total not, accident. She's sleepy. That's her sickness. She's just sleepy. So she's going to go sleep mm-hmm. while me and Jesse talk about a movie that I've seen. Have you seen it, Jesse? <laughs> could you? Duh, could yeah. You? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's Silver Bullet. Yeah. Hasn't everybody seen this film? Right. <laughs> but anyway, Silver Bullet, yes, right. Number three on our five film festival of horror during the most wonderful time of the year, October, because it's Halloween season. And there's already Christmas stuff out, and that always just makes a little part of me die. <laughs> to where I walk on one aisle in Target, and it's all this Halloween stuff. Like, oh, that'd be great for the party, these decorations. And I go around the next aisle, and it's, ho, ho, ho. Yep. Just want to, like, break shit. <laughs> but anyway, Silver Bullet also released in October. A well-planned-out horror movie release. I always look forward to, always hope that there's something coming out every October that is at least somewhat seasonal. Thank God. This year we got Del Toro's Crimson Peak coming out. Looking very forward to that. There's also some re-releases of uh, or classic movies coming back to theaters like Halloween Again's coming back uh, with a new introduction by John Carpenter, which should be interesting. And then also uh, the original Dracula is uh, the Bela Lugosi Dracula, I should say. Hmm. is also coming to theaters, uh, which my friend was telling me they're doing like the American version and then the Spanish version, which I'm not versed in the different versions of the Universal Monsters. I mean, I've seen, you know, the classics, but I don't know what the difference is between the Spanish and the American version to where it warrants them showing them both in the same night, like back-to-back. So, uh, whatever. If you know, let us know. AgeVisited at gmail.com. Let's help us sort it out. But again, October 11th, 1985, IMDb says 6.3. Rotten Tomatoes says 50% critics, 56% audience. So it was on all fronts better uh well more uh i can't speak right now more well received than uh cujo by comparison Uh, last week we had a giant saint bernard this year we got a werewolf so it's all over the place it's crazy we had crazy Mm -hmm. children the first week killer dogs now we got werewolves what next killer cars Ooh, is that a hint (laughs) no but anyway we already had killer cars this is a different type of killer car Uh, this is a killer car not not trucks (laughs) So, this one yeah. has a name. A beautiful name. Beautiful. Anyway, next, that's next week. But uh, the budget was an estimated $7 million, opened at 4 only domestically grossed 
Mm. So they made the money back, but it wasn't like where Cujo quadrupled its budget, which was roughly about the same estimated-wise. Silver Bullet didn't quite bring in the bucks, although uh, it's got a lot of good actors in it yeah. uh, for the most part. Uh, directed by Daniel Attis. Attias. I'm not sure how I pronounce that. Attias. But uh, he pretty much just did a whole bunch of TV. Uh, stuff as current as uh, Always Sunny and a whole bunch of other Ray Donovan random shows. still in the air. Oh, yeah. So. Four episodes, actually, so he's kind of big in with that crowd. Uh, True Detective. Oh, really? Season two? Season two. Yep. Yeah, figures. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed season two, send us an email. Anyway. <laughs> you visited gmail.com. Uh, written by screenplay and based on the no- uh, novella by Stephen King. So we actually did a screenplay for this one, uh, as in addition to, of course, the source material, starring the great and legendary Gary Busey as Uncle Red, of course, Point Break, pr- point break Predator 2, and also his crazy reality show where he wanted his friend yeah. to freeze him in a mini storage and some other stuff. He might be vice president someday. That would be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would mean Trump would have to win. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't have cable, so I don't know. But we were eating lunch today, and I saw an advertisement for Dancing with the Stars. Mm. And I could have swore I saw Gary Busey was on Dancing, is or is or was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, he was. Holy shit! I have to like download this. Well, you could just watch all the footage. Oh, it's on, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. I mean, at least the promo. Just get a sneak that, peek of honestly, it. Honestly, the promo promo is probably the best part. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, with it's Busey. True. But anyway, as the rehearsal, he's the legend. And then, uh, oh, there it is. Oh, God. Oh, boy. He had to be eliminated. <laughs> oh, my God. We're uh, listening to Gary Busey dancing. This has nothing to do with werewolves. <laughs> or does Maybe it? Maybe they should uh, have <laughs> done a number with Werewolves of London and it could tie into Super Bowl. <laughs> Who's he talking to? Why is he dancing? He's just yelling. Hey! All right, all right. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, poor Gary Busey. yelling at her while I mean, on the dance In floor. his defense, he had a terrible motorcycle accident. Yeah. In addition, on top of being addicted to numerous drugs before that. So, you know, but I love Gary <sighs> Busey. He's always, always a pleasure to watch uh, for a variety of reasons. But uh, also starring Everett McGill as Reverend Lowe. Of course, most horror <laughs> fans will remember him from... Uh, his mouth opens weird now. He's got like that horse, yeah. like All weird right. mouth. <laughs> Open straight down. Yeah, it's just, it's odd. But anyway, apparently they liked them on the show, so I don't know. I don't watch it. Oh, God, there's a werewolf. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Gary's got a gun again. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ever McGill, Reverend Lowe. Uh, also, uh, most notably, what most people might remember him from, uh, he was the dad, or the, the bad dad, I should say, in People Under the Stairs. Uh, and also, and more importantly, he was in Twin Peaks. Mm. He was the who, and actually his wife in Twin Peaks was his wife in People Under the Stairs. Uh, that redheaded chick looks a lot like Anna Gasteyer from SNL. <laughs> I don't know her name, so I can't say. Uh, but yeah, uh, they were the the couple in People on the Stairs because of Twin Peaks. Mm. Uh, and of course, one of the Corys is in this movie. Uh, a few years ago, of course, we did Lost Boys with Corey Feldman. Now we got oh, and Corey Haim. Duh, they're both in that. Yeah. So for, forget I forget the last two sentences. Uh, Corey Haim's in this film. He's Marty. Of course, Lost Boys, License to Drive. And blown away with Jeff Bridges and Tim Robbins, which has one of the best endings of any movie ever made. Uh, twist endings, I should say. Mm. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I won't spoil it with a little offhanded comment. But you should see it. It's an amazing 
great movie. Um, uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I completely had a brain fart. It's not Blown Away. Blown Away sucks. That's the one with Tommy Lee Jones. I was thinking of Arlington Road. Ah. So, excuse me. I That was a major mistake. If, mm. And uh, if you like Blown Away, okay, good for you. Uh Actually, someone agreed with you. In yeah, the someone was like, "Hell yeah! Aww. Nobody's ever liked that movie like I do." Uh, I will have to say, "Blown Away." Actually, hold on, wait a second. This well, isn't two Blown Aways. Never mind. Wow, I really fucked up this week. Okay, the Corey Haim Blown Away is not the Blown Away I mistook the for Jeff Arlington Bridges. Road. <laughs> no, well, Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones were in Blown Away in nineteen eighty four. Ninety-three was t- uh, Corey Haim. It all works around itself, though, because last week we talked about a dog, and the mm-hmm. only scene I remember from Blown Away is the fact that Tommy Lee Jones killed Jeff Bridges' dog. <laughs> and there's a big scene where he's crying, bearing Which getting... one? The oh, the Jeff Bridges' ninety-four. Tommy, yeah, okay. ninety-four. Not the Corey Haim. <laughs> <laughs> which I just saw that. I, I honestly, it's a common title, I guess. Sure. When you, when you really think about it, obviously, I should have thought about that. There could have been another one. Lots of porn titles. Have but Blown uh, Away. <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots. Action porns. Debbie does Dallas. Blown away. Blown away. <laughs> Two. Yes. Three. But anyway. Uh, colon so yeah, blown if, away. Uh, he also Corey Haim also started a movie called Blown Away, which I mistakenly mistook for Blown Away, which I ninety four, <laughs> which I mistakenly took for Arlington Road because of Jeff Bridges and how awesome of an actor he is. Yep. Hey guys, taking a quick break from the podcast. Ask you to please, please, please. Shoot on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We love to hear feedback, because hey, let's face it, like the 80s, we're not perfect. Also, head on over to... <laughs> 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 so we screwed up this ad. Damn, now I get, gotta get back to the show. This is 30 second ad, we only got 8 seconds left. Oh shit, we're still, oh, I thought you figured you'd do your hey, magical Amazon, editing thing. iTunes. And Stitcher. Reviews, go get them. Thank you. But uh, yeah. Anyway, if you haven't seen Arlington Road, you should see it as one of the best endings of any film I've ever seen in my life. Blown Away, not so much. Uh, either Blown Away. I haven't seen the Corey Haim one, but I'm pretty sure it's not good. Mm. Uh, also starring Megan Follows. That's her name. <laughs> follow anybody. Megan Follows. follows. Uh, she was Jane. Uh, most notably, she was... I know a, a lot of girls when I was in junior high like watched Anna Green Gables and would talk about it or something, so apparently it was some teen show. I don't know anything about it, so if that's wrong, I'm sorry, but she also did a lot of TV. Hmm. A lot, a lot of TV. As did Terry O'Quinn, who was Sheriff Holler in this film. Of course, most people now would know him as Locke from Lost. He's also in Primal, Primal Fear, Tombstone, and lots and lots of TV again. That's a yep. big thing you notice with a lot of these Stephen King movies. A lot of the actors in it are seen to be pulled uh, from television. Uh, a lot of if you really just kind of break it down, uh, of course, some of them have gone beyond that. But uh, most Stephen King movies, it's a lot, just a lot of classic... Or uh, not classic, I should say, but uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of faces. You're like, where have I seen this person before? Character on a TV show. There you go. That's a good way to put it. That's yeah. exactly what they are to me. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase I could not find in my tiny mm-hmm. widow brain. Uh, also starring Lawrence Tierney as Owen, the barkeep. If you don't know who that is, remember that who that is from the movie. But Lawrence Tierney was the uh, like the boss in Reservoir Dogs. You're somebody else with some other jobs, Mister Whatever. You're Mister Pink. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he's also the Naked Gun, uh, and if you're a Seinfeld fan, you'll remember him because he was Elaine's dad. Mm, yes. Uh, but Master he... of the house. <laughs> 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 but uh, he, Lawrence Tierney had a, was, had a very big reputation of being like, he would like punch you out. Like, he was a badass. Like, mm. he had a short fuse, and you get in fights on sets with directors, he... 
him and Tarantino had a he wa- Tarantino wanted him because of his acting ability, but he was a nightmare on set. All sorts of stuff like that. But uh, he's dead now, so he's nobody dead. has to work with him so again. Screw it. <laughs> but anyway, I did pass away in uh, what uh, 2002, so a yeah. while back actually. And again, as as the last few movies, there is no Stephen King cameo in this film. Maybe we'll change that in the next couple weeks. Maybe mm. we won't. Who knows? But anyway, Silver Bullet. This was one of the. This again was one of those late night TBS discoveries for me. And, uh, and as was many other classic werewolf movies, such as The Howling or uh, American Werewolf in London, uh, both of which are far, far superior to Silver Bullet. Mm. Uh, Silver Bullet, it's, it's like, it is a true like kind of 80s movie in terms of just like plot points and the way the story's handled. Because uh, first of all, in the book, there is no, the Silver Bullet comes from the fact of a Silver Bullet to kill a werewolf. Right. And the, the novel is called the novella is called Cycle of the Werewolf. Mm-hmm. So the silver bullet only figures into you know. Of course, that's how you kill a werewolf is a silver bullet. But anyway, in the film, they decided not just to have they decided to make a metaphor of the silver bullet and name it what Corey Haim called his motorized, high-powered wheelchair was also called the silver bullet. Uh, okay. uh, in in the novel, well, we'll get into that. Okay, we'll kind of differentiate some of that later on. But uh, in, as far as the movie goes, at least, uh, as a kid, it was like again, I liked it because this is again uh, as opposed to like The Howling or American Werewolf in London, and most other werewolf movies. Period. This one has you know the child protagonist, kind of like Lost Boys. Same thing with vampires. Lost Boys is a lot better than Silver Bullet though. Although it doesn't have Gary Busey, and that's a that's a strike against it. But uh. This is more watching this as a kid. This was much more like relatable at a young age. Just like, oh, it's the you know poor kid in a wheelchair against the werewolf, kind of thing. Which in the movie, that's the total story. Corey Haim has a motorized wheelchair, and the werewolf's killing people in town. He's got to figure out who the werewolf is. I'm just putting together werewolf and kid in a wheelchair. It just reminds me of a certain YouTube video, which yeah uh, may or may not come up. Just, <laughs> uh, I kind of okay. If you might know what we're talking about. <laughs> If you do, just keep it there. Yeah. PC <laughs> principle. Yeah, PC <laughs> principles in the room, bro. <laughs> it's a poetry slam. That's the only hint you get. Moving on. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, the, the movie, in fact, when I first saw this on TBS or TNT, whichever channel it was, I thought I didn't know it was a werewolf movie at first. I kind of came in kind of halfway, and he's riding a wheelchair called the Silver Bullet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I guess it's about his, like, wheelchair, and he has adventures on it. And then, like, oh, oh wait, there's this is a werewolf. Okay. Does he run? You know, as a kid, I'm like, I guess he runs into it with his wheelchair and kills it because that's how you he's gonna kill it. He's gonna <laughs> have a wheelchair named the Silver Bullet, and he's just gonna run wheelchair over the werewolf repeatedly. Meant. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's not in the book. The, uh-huh. the rocket powered wheelchair is not in the book, and especially word of advice: if you're a paraplegic, I'm sorry, uh, first of all, but uh, and don't let Gary Busey build you a wheelchair. <laughs> mm. That's his his. That's his uncle in this film. Makes for a great story, and, but it is dangerous. Yeah, it's it. It probably will kill you both as well as a large variety of people Somehow it'll in kill the surrounding area. <laughs> he lives through like ah, I knew it. In fact, that's what he was riding the silver bullet. Yeah, in his accident, maybe that little detail they left out. But anyway, as far as werewolf movies go, it's not a good one. It's uh, it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. Again, because it's based on Stephen King, just to kind of see. And he did do the screenplay, so it, it is kind of it's close to the source material for the most part, except for the fact that there is a freaking wheelchair mm. that's motorized like a freaking go-kart that the kid drives around on. And this thing hauls ass. He outruns cars in it. 
It's it's not even Jeez. a wheelchair. It's a motorcycle. <laughs> it's one of those three wheeled motorcycles you see sometimes. Uh, I don't even know what they're called. Wow. But uh, yeah. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, it's or if you saw it a long time ago, a trike, maybe something like something that. Something like that seems yeah. logical. But uh, it's not again. It's not terrible. But it, there's if you if you like are like oh let's watch some werewolf movies for Halloween. It, it could fit in there. It's it, it makes a good kind of double feature with Lost Boys, because again these the stories are both kid centric, in terms of like uh, the point of view of where they're told from. So you know, expect, again especially as a young kid, kind of relate to it a bit more. As an adult, it's just like what would you rather watch between. As far as a werewolf movie goes. American Werewolf in London. Like, if somebody asked me, what's the best werewolf movie? Without a doubt. Oh, okay. that, that'd be the first, second. first one. Mm. We have a list in front of you. I'm trying to think without having to look <laughs> at a list. Just Honestly, that's, I mean, the Howling's the only one I can even think of. Oh, as far as a werewolf movie goes. Yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, that Wolfman remake was so bad with Del Toro. <laughs> and Oh, Wolf with Jack Nicholson was, it was a different take on it, but it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it's like a Halloween movie to like, oh, it's Halloween, let's watch Wolf with Jack Nicholson, although Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer looks awesome in it. Classic Pfeiffer. Uh, I've always heard good things about Dog Soldiers, but I've never seen that movie. I have heard that name before, like uh, when people say like underrated horror movies or movies you should see if you like this. Never seen it. Actually, in fact, well, I will watch it before Halloween's over. Next time you're on YouTube... Oh, the full movie's on there. Yeah. Hour 44. There you go. Fire up your and PS. it doesn't even have an effect on it. Hmm. Is, is it real? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. You don't. <laughs> what a <laughs> mess. <laughs> have to check it out. Check it out. But, uh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah. well, it goes, it's, it's passable, but, uh, it doesn't, the, the effects are where it suffers the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the werewolf costume literally looks like they bought it at a store, and it's a, it's they don't try to hide it. So when they do show it, it's just it's, trying to save some money. It's okay, like when you watch an old movie like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, it's a dude in a suit. It still looks kind of creepy for black and white. Kind of makes kind of hide stuff anyway. But I mean, for its time, it was still good. But there's really no reason why the werewolf in this movie should look as bad as it does. You know? Yeah. Well, but, they only had seven million bucks. <laughs> exactly. But all but, those actors, you know, well, I guess had to pay them. Well, no, I, it was probably the wheelchair. <laughs> the wheelchair, yeah. That took the budget. It was a gas guzzler. All right, Most $6 million dollar was, wheelchair. What do we got left? Uh, we can get Busey. <laughs> get him. And a whole bunch of TV actors. Yes. But anyway, yeah, if you haven't watched it in a while, it's definitely worth watching again, I'd say. But much like, uh, like we talked about Cujo last week, of course, Cujo's not a, I is much better than this as far as a movie goes. But if you haven't seen it in a while, it's worth watching one more time just to remember maybe why you haven't seen it in a while. But again, if you're if it's if you're trying to get in the Halloween spirit, uh, you know maybe you have, if you have some young ones that you're sharing some Halloween movies with, this is it's not too terribly bloody or gory to where uh, you know they it's going to be passable for a kids movie. Hmm. I mean not, that sounds bad. Like a kid could watch this movie, I think, and be okay. Like if they wanted to get like a little like oh werewolf they might be scared of the werewolf but there's not like a lot there's not sex in it there's uh not really that much blood no kind of same thing with Lost Boys I mean it's really not necessarily a, a it's it, it, either of these movies would be PG thirteen today put it to you that way uh, well. I'm not counting curse words but I mean as far as like you know content and all that uh, so again that's as a kid that's why I like I definitely like this movie a lot more when as a kid when I would catch it on TBS and all that just because. At that age, it's a little more relatable. You kind of forgive a lot of the silliness in it. But when you watch it as an adult, you're just like, especially watching it with Autumn for the first time and just seeing her reaction and talking about it. Of course, having read the novel, too, or novella, it just makes a big difference. Mm. 
But uh, it's not on Netflix, so you got to find it some other way. You could always go to uh, awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link if you wanted to buy it through Amazon. Eh, no extra charge for you. If but, you can't uh, find it, send us an email. I'm really curious about how many people actually click on that. <laughs> and on, honestly, I'm the number one offender because I like uh, I just forget. Uh, no. I, I, I'll, t- I'll remember the second <laughs> I say place my order, I'm like, oh shit. Oh, yeah, it's like Amazon like exactly. Like, I'm the cost I, you I do nothing. It. I know. I, I, I would have made you fifty bucks already. <laughs> well, because <laughs> I, I I honestly I forget to do it. But if you happen to remember, in fact, if you're listening to this podcast, this is a great time to go pick up any of the '80s classics that you might have heard us chit chat about, and it'll be good for that for you. No extra charge to you. <laughs> I don't even know how much we get, like a few pennies, but hey, it adds up. I think it's like 0.04% or something. Hey, I don't know. It, believe me, if if I did that every time, you'd have like 10 bucks. Yeah, that'd be nice. I just forget. I, I honestly forget. But uh, anyway, uh, if Autumn was here, she'd tell you she hated the movie because mm. uh, she didn't like it. She just giggled at the werewolf parts every time it was shown. Uh, werewolf parts. Yeah, they show a lot of werewolf parts. <laughs> Some parts you don't want to ever see again. Yeah. But uh, a lot anyway. of crotch shots. Yeah, there's not too much uh, behind-the-scenes stuff as opposed to like last week where there was a significant uh, kind of story being told behind the camera as far as a lot of the stuff that went on that you didn't see. But uh, it should be noted, in his defense, producer Dino De Laurentiis was very, very unhappy with how the werewolf looked in the film. <laughs> uh, he was disappointed about the way it looked and the way the costume actor moved, which insulted the guy in the suit because he was a professional dancer and he was hired specifically for huh. his movement skills. But uh, honestly, if I'm hiring somebody to be a werewolf, dancer would be the last thing yeah. I would look for. I would look more like for animal Yeah, just a big dude or that kind of hunches over. So I could just, <laughs> I could just see... Because in, in the climactic scene of the movie where the werewolf's in the house, I mean, it's, I could just see it like, da-da-da-da, wedding and... Because <laughs> it's 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 shot terribly. Swan Lake place. There's a reason the director did a lot of TV after this. This is his only feature film to his credit, I believe. Poor guy. Uh, but hey, he's getting work constantly, so that's something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, don't be getting. Now, if you Google images, just because uh, you haven't seen this movie, you don't want to see it. There is a church scene in the film where, like, it shows people transform, which isn't half bad, effects wise. That's a. I'm looking at a still of it now, just to inform Jesse. No. But it's the werewolf costume stuff, like the firework hitting it in the eye. Oh, uh, yeah. All yeah, that yeah. stuff where it's a rubber mask, where the only movement is the jaw might move up or down. It's it's bad. The they werewolf sh- itself is bad. Yeah, should just they, use some interesting lighting, would have. Exactly. It. Or Spielberg it and just, you know, leave the terror up to the. Audience. Yeah, it was this eight years ago Jaws came out, so I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And honestly, I, I, Wasn't it? I, I don't know if Jaws. It, it oh, may, even more. Ten years ago. Jeez. Yeah, ten years before. Because, like, even when I watch Jaws now, the only thing that takes me out of it is when they splice in the real shark footage. Mm, yeah. Because it looks so different. It's like. Yeah, you're putting it side by side almost. Exactly. But to me, don't remind I, me what a real shark looks exactly. like. Exactly. This is what a shark looks like to me. Because in all honesty, I don't know I don't know if it's because as a kid, Jaws and it even to this day is still one of my favorite movies of all time and I watch yeah. like I love sharks because of Jaws. Like in real life, like Shark Week and all sorts of stuff. Cage dive with sharks when I was in Hawaii because no, because I wanna oh, I'm a, I, I wanna, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, that's cool. Like no, like I wanna see like sharks. And stuff like that. I love sharks because of Jaws. So I don't know if it's because of that. But even when I, when they re-released Jaws again in theaters, and I got to see it in theater for the third time, actually, this year, for like the 50th or 40th anniversary, whatever it was, 40, I don't know, whatever. But uh, 
still to me like I know the shark's fake, but it still looks fucking scary to me. Even though it's a fake shark, if I saw it in the water, I'd be terrified. Mm. I'll be more terrified to see the shark from Jaws in the water <laughs> than a real great white. Because well. real great, I've never had a nightmare with a real great white. <laughs> I'm just saying that. As a kid, I was terrified of the shark from Jaws. Because, again, it looks different. But, uh, but all I'm getting at is, is that this werewolf doesn't scare anybody. At all. It is a Halloween store costume. Yeah. Oh, well. It's bad. Oh, uh, the shark from the Jaws shark from Jaws Revenge does not scare me. It's the shark from the first one. Just, yeah. just clarifying. Just clarifying. Because the Jaws from the Revenge shark is so badly animated and shot, it's just terrible. <laughs> but that, like, we're, again, we're looking at just stills from Jaws, like when Brody's on the mast as the work is sinking. Like, that still is, like, that's movie magic to me. Yeah, it's a fake shark, but it still looks so much better than anything that's come out in a long time. Up until Jurassic Park. It was definitely a feat. Yeah. Especially 1975. Incredible. Yeah. But anyway, we've got to go back to talking about a movie with bad effects. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, in fact, the, they started filming Silver Bullet without a werewolf costume. Because they were waiting for it and waiting for it, and then it showed up and... Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's now you have... Can't. It doesn't matter. You have to film. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of at that point. Uh, let me see. It took three months to make the damn thing. Which is ridiculous when you see it in the film. Uh, and after finalization of the shape and design, uh, the costume made was foam and polyurethane and was covered with bear hair. <laughs> the head of the costume was mechanically operated by six people from a distance and up to 30 feet away. It does not show in the final product. This, uh, again, probably low budget. This is a good example of when the lowest bidder should not have been used. I could have made it work. I mean, a good, yes, you're exactly right, Jesse. <laughs> a good director could. And I'm not knocking this, David, here, because, I mean, he's getting steady work in TV, but he only did, he only did one feature film, and it was this one. That's all I'm saying. This uh, is the lighting crew's fault. They, I mean, they should have just backlit him the whole time and just leave it a mystery until you really need it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, whatever. it's bad. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, according to the director as well, Gary Busey ad-libbed a whole lot during the film. But when Stephen King, you're doing a Stephen King movie and it's, he's also doing the screenplay as well mm. as, of course, the source material, uh, Tyus checked with King with the dailies as to if the ad-libs were okay because they didn't want to offend Stephen King. Yeah. I mean, who can you blame him? Again, I mean, I mean, is there a more prolific author than King aside from, in modern time at least? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, oh, Shakespeare and of course God because <laughs> God wrote that Bible book. Shakespeare's you know? checking the dailies. <laughs> Oh, nigh, this is <laughs> not great enough for thine Romeo scene, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and this should be noted, too. Uh, Gary Busey's a tough son of a bitch, all right? Bar none. I mean, he's done as many drugs as Keith Richards probably has done, survived a horrendous life-threatening motorcycle accident, and he did all of, him, all of his own stunts in this film, hmm. which don't really come into play till the climactic finale, but he does go through, you know, into a wall, into a mirror. Uh, he did some, he took some good falls, or as I would say in the wrestling industry, he took some good bumps mm. uh, in this film. And speaking of a good director versus a not-so-good director, the original director uh, for Silver Bullet was Don Coscarelli, Don Coscarelli, of course, Phantasm, Bubba Hotep, a much more talented director because look at Phantasm. Look at, you know that stuff looks cheap as shit, yeah. but he made it look... Good. Also, of course, he directed the Beastmaster, which we covered on the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But yeah, he left the project due to creative differences with Dino De Laurentiis, which seems to happen a lot on Dino De Laurentiis produced films. A lot of the time, there's a lot of disagreements, a lot of quote unquote creative uh, disagreements on set. Uh, body count for this one significantly higher than Cujo, uh, ranking in nine kills in this film, and also uh, a lot. Of, usually, like in werewolf lore, the werewolf has to like eat the victim. Like usually, they rip their throat out, they eat their throat. Uh, but in this film, the werewolf just kind of mauls him. It just he turns to a werewolf and has to kill. Hmm. So it's kind of a, you know, there's a what film was that? Was it Monster Squad where they were debating, like, like how to kill vampires? And it was like, oh, you're just thinking about movies and not like fact. I can't remember what it was. Seems like it. Sounds like, familiar. Oh, uh, no, Dust Till Dawn. Because I'm thinking of the scene where he's like, I know there's something to do with silver. He's like, that's werewolves. Uh, I know there's something to do with silver. Or they're like discussing like. You know, how to kill, actually kill a vampire and stuff like that. But uh, I forgot why I was talking about that. Oh, well. Rewind the tape. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, nine people killed. Oh, because the werewolf, uh, the mythology in this is that he just turns into a werewolf and just has to kill somebody once a month. Although in the movie, it's not necessarily once a month, whereas the book, which we're going to get into in just a second, uh, the book is like every month there's a kill. But uh, anyway, rounding out the film, uh, if I had to give it a score, I'd say it's a six. It's not terrible. It's not bad. If, it, if I was watching TV and it was on during the month of October, I'd probably just leave it on and let it play. Mm. You know, just to watch some of the funny parts, stuff like that. Uh, in the real world, again, this released October 11th, 1985. One week later to the day, the first Nintendo home video game console was released in the United States, the NES. So... Hmm. More uh, kids had a reason not to go to the movies for a, you know, one of the first reasons not to go to the movies which would of course create a trend that led to the resurgence of 3D and the development of IMAX and all sorts of stuff to get people to go back to the theater and now it's the whole movie tavern thing because uh, I know one of the local theaters uh, we just got a movie tavern here in Baton Rouge where it's you know like a dine-in theater uh, but one of the theater I frequent, uh, it's Perkins Row Theater. It's a traditional Cinemark theater. But my f- contact there said that they're actually getting measured in some of their auditoriums to put in possibly the big reclining type seats and all that. Hmm. But uh, here's some fun facts for you, like about the theater industry, yeah. which I was kind of blown away when my friend was telling me this. But uh, when you put in seats like that, you lose 60% of your occupancy rate. Yeah. So you're losing 60% of ticket sales. But you're like, oh, wow, it's a lot. No. They don't. They make anywhere between one to 05 percent off ticket sales. At the, the uh, so all their revenue comes from the candy. And well, popcorn. still, you're putting less people in to buy candy. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's not necessarily just that, but yeah. it it doesn't hurt them as much as you would think. Right. Especially if they look, because again, more theaters are getting to that. Because it used to be when we, when we were kids, you had candy, and you had popcorn, mm-hmm. and your Coke or water. Now it's pretzels, hot dog, even at regular theaters that aren't dine-in. Yeah. You know, all sorts of... Uh, in fact, we went to the, uh, uh, the one of the uh, United Artists ones, which I've been to in forever, the IMAX one here in town behind the Mall of Louisiana, and they had, like, chicken That's tenders AMC, and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Like, Jesus, I got a lot of food here Yeah, for a non-dine-in theater. Yeah. It's all, like, quick warm-up stuff, though. <laughs> yeah. It's all frozen and then push the button, nuke it, just well, What like they should food. do, and, and I mean... Recliners is fine, but they should have an area, bigger area between people that can store all that stuff. That mm-hmm. way people would feel more inclined. Oh, let me fill up this little snack area. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we went and saw Mission Impossible at the the movie tavern. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I was talking to you about it or another couple we were talking to. 
I don't remember, but it, it was, was probably me. It was a terrible, cause, yeah, because y'all went and saw what y'all go see? Inside Out. Yeah, because we we talked about it like off the air. Yeah, I don't. Not that big of a deal to me. Yeah, I just they take a lot of money from you. Yeah, they take a lot of money for mediocre food and yeah. yeah. The seats are comfy. Seats are very comfy. Yeah, but don't go to watch a movie that you need to be involved in because a couple parts of Mission Impossible I didn't get because there was a talking head in front of me. Like I was I just as happy at a Cinemark. With the bar in front of me, I could lean yeah, my chair back and up. put my feet up. Yeah, because I mean, you're only sitting for two hours usually, unless you're watching yeah. Lord of the Rings. And if you're in the XD theater, it's leather chairs anyway. Yeah, so and they recline very nice. But anyway, this has been local movie talk with <laughs> Trey. If Jesse. you'd like to publish your theater here, <laughs> contact Trey at blah 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 blah. But uh, as far as the book goes, again, the book was called Cycle the Werewolf, not Silver Bullet. So don't go looking for the book Silver Bullet because if there, um, there's bound to be another book called Silver Bullet, that's not Stephen King. Uh, you not, might be disappointed. They should because then they can capitalize on that business. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan King, Silver Stephon. Bullet. <laughs> what a ripoff. Totally. But uh, anyway, the book came out. Actually, I keep saying book, but again, it's more like a novella. 127 pages. Yeah. Very short. You could read it in an hour. Mm. Uh, but it came out in, originally in November 1983. Uh, let me see. Hold on. I had like a whole bunch of stuff about because Autumn loves books, and I was going to talk about the difference of the books. But now mm. we're not because she's not feeling well. But uh, uh, the, one of the cool things about the book, and as a kid, I always wanted this book simply because it had illustrations in it by none other than Bernie Wrightson, famous comic book artist. Hmm. Uh, so each uh, and the project for the book or the the book started as a calendar to where you know you, you flip the, the month and then there's the illustration and then down the side of the illustration is the short story for the month well King couldn't fit it on the calendar so it became a novella hmm. uh, so cool idea at first but it developed into something else uh, as far as the book to the movie goes, it's it's really close. It hits kind of like Cujo. It hits a lot of the a lot of the same points. Uh, again, there's no high powered hot rod wheelchair or f- chase scene where he's being uh, Marty's being chased by the Reverend in a car mm. and his wheelchair is outpacing it uh, like that. And there's more deaths in the book because again, the book is it's twelve chapters. They're all named after months, and each one is the story of that month's kill. Mm-hmm. And, and, and but it's telling the story through that. Uh, but uh, pretty much the gist of it's the same. There's there's an uncle in the film that comes and gets the silver bullet made from Marty. Marty puts the eye out via a uh, firecracker, uh, just like in the movie. Mm. Uh, and that's and then it becomes how does he find out who is missing an eye? Where in the film it's his sister going around, but in the book, if I remember correctly, he finds out because. Uh, again, it's the low, it's the town preacher, but they're not that religion, mm-hmm. so he doesn't know. He doesn't see that guy. Yeah. But then when he's trick or treating, they go by his house and he sees that he has an eye patch on. You know, like you know, uh, not an eye patch, but you know, a bandage with blood on it. Mm. And he's like, "Oh shit, he's the werewolf." <laughs> and it's the priest if werewolf. you haven't been preacher if you haven't been uh, mm. paying attention uh, or read the book or seen the movie spoilers. <laughs> it's the preacher. I didn't know. Uh, but uh, and also in the book, much like the Batman graphic novel series, uh, The Long Halloween, the murders kind of take place. The werewolf murders kind of take place on like the holiday. They have more significance because again, this was meant to be a calendar, so it was more, more about that, hmm. uh, more so. And that figured into the actual storytelling. Whereas in the movie, it's times kind of disjointed in a sense. In the book, it starts in January and ends in December. Hmm. The movie kind of I think ends around 
it's kind of I don't know it, it jumps around. It's not quite as co- it's not as cohesive strictly as the book is. Uh, oh, uh, in in the book, what was really cool, unlike in the movie, was that the Reverend when he turned into a werewolf, he didn't know he was a werewolf. He put it to, like because his story. In fact, you were looking at the illustrations, the illustration where the werewolves are in the church on the pews. Uh, in the movie, has that hallucination or that dream, I should say, of the people turning in, into werewolves in the church. That's mm-hmm. in the book, but that's kind of when he starts to piece it together that something's wrong with him. And then when he gets his eye blown out, he, he really, that's kind of around that time where he's like, you know, I'm the werewolf. i got to keep it secret. And then when Marty starts sending him letters, he doesn't know who, who knows. Hmm. So, you know, it's a, little, it's a little more mysterious in the movie, in the book, I should say. Where like you don't, it's not. This is this this A B C D E F G. It's more like A B, E F G, and then oh C D happened later to fill it in, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I hope you do. If you don't. <laughs> but uh, werewolf. I'm trying to think of the differences. Where man? Oh yeah. Uh, and I mean, a lot of the stuff is just as all timing issues is the main difference between the book and the movie again because. The movie, uh, the movie kind of goes out like jumps chronologically through the year, but the novel is strictly month to month to month to month to month. There's a strict order. Mm-hmm. Movie kind of just puts stuff in randomly. There was no like hunt the werewolf scene in the bog where like eight people get killed. All that was just kind of added for effect there. Hmm. But anyway, the the book again, you could read it in a day. I mean, uh, an hour practically. It's got some cool illustrations. Uh, it's like a hundred and something pages, like you were saying, Jesse. But I mean, like the so. the stories themselves are like two pages. And then an illustration, and sometimes like there's also some like black and white illustrations, oh, and so okay. like that. It's it's very short. Like literally, you can read it really quickly, and it's, and the book isn't the novella isn't bad at all. Uh, in in a sense, it's definitely better than the movie as far as like you know when you because wa- when I read, I watch it in my head. Mm-hmm. I pick like you know who's playing whatever and kind of go with it like that. So the movie in my head from the book was better than the movie on film, uh, which I don't be like I told you so, and she'd say the same thing. Because she's one of those ardent people that the book's always better than the movie, but we know that's not true. Because right. we're rational and logical, and we've read a lot of books that have been movies, so we know. Uh, in fact, since what it's rarely the case for me, send your books to movies which are better for certain, and gives us some examples. Eddie's revisited at gmail dot com. But uh, yeah, book wise, I'd give it a uh, set up. I give the movie a six. I give the book a six. It's not like a must read or anything. It's oh, not, okay. There's nothing special about it. It's worth reading. If like, in fact, if you go to Barnes and Noble, it's October. Go get you a pumpkin spice latte. And grab a copy of Cycle the Werewolf and spend an hour drinking your drink and reading a Stephen King book. Hmm. It's one of the few you can finish right. in an hour. That's not a short story uh, or a collection, I should say. Uh, but of course, drop us a line, 80s are visited at gmail.com, at Awesome Pods on Facebook, Twitter, and the internet. Of course, Awesome Podcast Network. There's plenty of old shows over there from some of the classic series that have been on the network here uh, Geekly Dose Duo Attack Jesse's own podcast uh, Why Don't You Know This which is great for trips uh, Republic City Report and of course an, always a shout out to our good friends in Lafayette John and James at Now vs. Nostalgia uh, give them a listen because uh, they go where we cannot go on 80s Revisited they can mm. go to the 90s and the <laughs> 2000s we, are, we talk specifically about 80s movies of course like oh well I saw that y'all did Star Wars and that was in the 70s well yeah that's when we had to catch Daniel up there were mm. reasons. There's only I think we've only gone outside our boundary twice, I believe, and that was for Star Wars and for Army of Darkness because we had to wrap up trilogies. Uh, so that was the the. Uh, well, there were some trilogies that addendum. weren't wrapped, like uh, Back to the Future. We did all three of them. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's another one. Because <laughs> that was 1990, wasn't it? The third one. I thought it was like 89. 
or maybe it was ninety. I think you're right. It, it might have been filmed it in eighty nine. That might have. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it, you think you're right. I think it was right there in ninety. Yeah. So yeah. So Back to the Future was one too. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. Yep. But anyway, oh, speaking of, by the way, but good, good. Thanks for throwing me that segue, <laughs> Jesse. Uh, of course, uh, let's see. This one will be released. This podcast will be around the fifteenth, I believe. Fifteenth. Yep. Uh, next week on the twenty-first. That's the day Marty McFly will appear in our timeline. Yeah, and we'll have flying cars by then. Everyone so, will have one. I uh, hope you've been saving your money yeah. because a lot of stuff's coming out in the next week. Yeah. And you're going to be broke. Be uh, buying Pepsi bottles, <laughs> stuff like that. But also, a lot of stuff you have now is going to be worth a shit ton of money in a week. So you're going to have to like sell a lot yeah. of that to get you know, some of the new stuff. And also, the Cubs are in the playoffs. Yeah. If the Cubs win the World Series this year... One of the greatest coincidences in history will be that Back to the Future 2 predicted the Cubs won the World Series in 2015. And Jaws, uh, like, 16? 19? 19 is coming yep. out. So uh, we have uh, 14 Jaws sequels in the next week. <laughs> yeah. So two a day. Yeah. In fact, I saw it today. Somebody released, like, a parody trailer of all the Jawses, oh. <laughs> uh, which all it was was titles and then, like, explanations of the titles. But, oh. you know, it, it, it should have done it, like, um, the end of... Uh, 23 Jump Street. I was thinking the same. Yeah, when I first saw that they did that, I was hoping to be something like that. Yeah. But it's just text. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it's logos they made, but it's all the jaw, variations of the Jaws logo. But uh, just Google Jaws 18 or 1 through 18 trailer, whatever. And it's short, but uh, mm. it's still funny. And again, it's all about the fact that we will be welcoming Marty McFly into the future very mm. shortly. Yep. So I know uh, all over prediction, the... Uh, we're going to have the jackets that dry themselves. Oh, yeah. Hoverboards, which we already know they're they're out there. Auto fitting jacket, of course. Too. Oh, I, I want to get a pit bull. Pizza at pizzas. That oh yeah, the expect- rehydrators yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know, if you if you're in a wheelchair, you don't have to drive around in a motorized one anymore. You'll float upside down. Yeah. Uh, Flea's a CEO of something. <laughs> we'll still have fax machines though. Those are still yeah. important. Yeah, they'll come. Very back. important. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> going to make a comeback. <laughs> I guess a Kardashian starts using one, so now it's a big right. thing. Or again. a hipster thing. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Just, don't send me, a, send me a fax, bro. Send me a fax. Yeah. Hold on, I got a fax coming in on my belt. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's, the future is fast approaching, people. Be prepared. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, but go Cubs. I, I want the, I'm, I hate, we've, we've spoken openly numerous times in my disgust for baseball <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, if the Cubs get into the World Series, and, you know, they get to that game where they need to win, I will watch that game. Because I want the, to watch it happen. I want to watch history oh, happen. Geez. That Back to the Future psychically predicted. I'll watch the ninth inning. You know what? That's a better idea. Yeah. I'll watch the ninth inning the of that game. most exciting part. Yeah. That, that, that makes if much more sense. If it's close. Much more sense. But, uh, of course, Halloween Horror Month rolls on next week as we hop in our 1958 Plymouth Fury, I think, maybe. Uh, anyway... And cruise on down the road in a little car named Christine, directed mm. by none other than our good friend and director of our very first episode, John Carpenter. And it should be noted, too, that uh, I have never seen this movie. Oh. This is the only, honestly, this is the only John Carpenter film I have never seen. 80s introduced. <laughs> exactly. And the thing <laughs> is, I, I distinctly remember it in, like, you know, the case in the VHS store. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, I remember the fat kid running on the back. Like that was the one. It was one of those cases. You know, a lot of VHS cases. You'd flip it over and it'd have like multiple pictures. It was one of those VHS cases with just one picture on the back of the kid running from Christine. And uh, and this was not one, at least when I was young, that played a lot on TV either. So you know, I, I never caught it there. Uh, 
Of course, when you get introduced mm-hmm. to John Carpenter, you get introduced to Big Trouble in Little China. You get introduced to the th- Halloween, the thing. Uh, from there, this is not one. And as of recording this now, I still haven't seen it because uh, I'm waiting for Autumn to finish the book to watch it. So I am like, and the book's good. Spoiler for a uh, slight teaser for next <laughs> week. The book's really good. Uh, so I'm like, I want to watch this movie. A, it's John Carpenter. B, it's Stephen King. Like I'm, I have, I'm probably going into it with high expectations. So. <laughs> Just so you know, next week, it might be a little biased or not. I don't know. Or I might be incredibly disappointed. I'm kind of ex- yeah, it is a Plymouth Free. Awesome. Yep. So, yeah. So, next week, we're going to hop in Christine and take her for a ride and see how she handles. And that's it for that. So Cool. <laughs> Until next week, everybody, stay safe. And remember, watch a horror movie at night. It's October. You deserve it. Don't Fight the Christmas spirit. It's not here. I know it's a spirit. Technically, right. it fits in with the theme of Halloween. But he has no place until... November 1st. So again, no Christmas spirit wow. till November 1st. Watch a horror movie at night. That's en- even early. Enjoy your Halloween. <laughs> That's, yeah, I have to let it go. You, you, Thanksgiving has... In fact, there should be a horror movie about how Christmas eats other holidays. <laughs> and only Halloween can stand against it to fight back. Right. Being the second most profitable holiday of the year. Yeah. That's the only thing it has going for it. Turkey Day is lost. Exactly. Thanksgiving has fallen. Only yeah. Halloween stands between... Uh, labor uh, between Christmas and Labor Day I mean, and July Fourth. Black Friday is more popular than Thanksgiving at this point. Yeah, it, like, it, let's eat a big meal before we go shopping. Yeah, it's basically you know the family All lunch corporate before. corporate holidays. Exactly. I mean, Halloween's the same way now. Yeah. Uh, I will bit, say I will say this though, as far as uh, that goes, is because of the growing popularity of Halloween. Excuse me. There's a huge disconnect now when you go to a Halloween store because, of course, obviously I go into every one. Mm-hmm. Looking for stuff for the party or costume pieces or et cetera, et cetera. But there's a, such a huge divide now. Like, you'll go into a Halloween store and there's like, here's the cheap stuff. And my cheap, I'm talking like 50 bucks Yeah. for like a costume. But now, uh, in the, uh, what's that? Because there's two big ones there's Halloween Express and then there's uh, Spirit. Spirit, yeah. Yeah. Those are like the two brick and mortar where they take a old place. building that's been empty for the year and they, you know, they fill it up for the month of October. Yeah. But anyway, uh, at Spirit, you see, all, you know, there's the fifty dollar ones, which, in this day and age, again, are those are the cheap Halloween costumes. Yeah. But then a couple hours over, there's the hundred and fifty dollar. Like, there's Halloween has now gotten a class structure. Yeah. Because it's it's become such a big deal. Well, that's why they can afford to go in there for j- just two months, be yeah. open for two months per year. In fact, uh, be okay. A couple years ago, when they were in one of the old blockbusters locally, <laughs> Halloween Express was asked one of the guys. He's like, "Yeah, I work for this guy every year." And he just loads all this stuff in and then puts it all in the warehouse for the rest of the year, and that's all he does. Yep. I'm like, seriously. Yeah. Like, it's good business. Like, I would, that's my business. Like, I need to be in a Halloween <laughs> business. Like, hey, I love Halloween, but then you open for one month a year and yeah. you're set for the rest of the year. I mean, it's just crazy. It's the same kind of thing with the fireworks business, I guess, although they get, you know, two big days a year. I mean, if you think about it, like those $50 ones, they're so cheap to make. Yeah. I mean, it's garbage. That's the thing. When you get a, now, at, uh, you know, a few years ago, if you got a $50 Halloween costume, oh, yeah. it was pretty nice. Yeah. Now it's like yeah. barely, you know, those big white stitches with right. big seams. Like, you know, it just looks you're like, really, really thin material. You know, that you're like, you're, you, you literally think to yourself when you see it, like, I'm going to wear this once. Yes. And because it's going to break. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, everybody be safe out there. Watch a horror movie tonight. And we'll see you next week as we tackle, uh, as we. Drive. Um, drive. <laughs> I already used that like two driving oh, things. I was trying to think of something different. Although Tackle does have a reference we in steer. Christine, the book. <laughs> there you go. As we steer Halloween Horror Month on. <laughs>
to John Carpenter's Christine. I'll see you then, everybody. As no we more bad mow puns. Down. <laughs> As we close the gap between this episode <laughs> and the next. Okay, now we're on a roll. Yeah. But uh, we better stop on a high note. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Sure, it's a high note. I'm sure there was another joke there, but I lost yeah. it. But anyway, till next week, everybody. I am Trey Harris. Yes, he said to me. Autumn Harris. In spirit. Sure. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.